about it. <laughs> Has everyone had their sandwiches now? Are we all sandwiched up? I feel like I missed out on the opportunity to have a sandwich here. I had a yeah, curry, well, but I didn't... Uh, you know, it's a bit late to make a sandwich now. It's like national dish of your country is a cheese sandwich. No, right? it's, no it's, cheese, it's cheese on toast, and it's called a Welsh rabbit. That's my, that's my, yeah, that's my national, national dish over here in Wales. I just had that for breakfast. You make me wake up did, this early. I'm having a, a Welsh Did you have... Dish. Um, did you have Worcestershire sauce? Worcestershire? Worcestershire sauce. Did you <laughs> have that? A, there's a meme going around the internet at the moment. It's like the three things that are really hard for a man to say. I love you. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> and Worcestershire sauce. Which is funny because I've been to Worcestershire on many an occasion. That's hilarious. I love I love a bit of Worcestershire style. There's a couple yep. of extra syllables. I love syllables you. I'm in there. sorry, Worcestershire. Yeah. The more you like it, the more syllables you gotta add. That's, That's it. Genius. It's, 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 a, it's genius. a thing of love. It's a thing of love. Ah, well, we finally got a guest on the show that wasn't sort of ad hoc, general. Yeah. What happened. This is amazing. I, I well, you know, if you book them, they will come. Um, oh, apparently, we, anyway, we booked, we booked so some in the past. It happened before. We, we've booked them and we've rescheduled them Multiple <laughs> for times. a later date. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Uh, no, we've got, we've got a, and we've got a good guest. We've got a good guest. I'm very oh. excited about this. I'm trying to keep what my, does that my say about excitement our last guest? contained. What does that uh, say about she's, my, she's my sister, so you know, <laughs> it's fine. I just, I just want to put it out there that that happens to be our worst episode ever. Still, Probably. Yeah. Although the topic was quite good, so maybe we should revisit the topic. Yeah, there you go. Because I, I like somebody that. else. Yeah. All right, let's get this podcast started. Everybody, start the podcast. Start the podcast. I don't want to put you on the spot, but isn't that the best theme tune ever? Pretty much, pretty much. Every every single time I hear it, it I just I just want to dance with somebody. <laughs> we got a I complaint. We got a complaint uh, a couple of weeks ago about we did. our I, podcast, I've seen this complaint. Um, yeah. saying that the music's too loud. Well, you know what? If it's too loud, you're too old. There you go. How's that or, feel? Or, There's some criticism. Or we we should <laughs> turn it up to eleven and and proper rock out. And none of this, like, <laughs> quiet stuff. Do you know what's the craziest thing about that complaint is, though, Sonic? Was People it, control it... the volume levels. <laughs> so they can always turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> but then we're too quiet. Then they can turn us up. It's amazing. Turn it up. It's just, turn turn it, it up. Turn it up. No. Great right. stuff. Don't do any of that. So. Um, we're only joking, person who made the complaint. Not. I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, um, name and shame. So, yeah, 
so we've got a guest today. Should we should we tell people who our guest is? Yeah, you do it. You go for it. Okay, it's um, well, I don't know how to how to how to really. I'm looking for like a production company that you might be behind, but it's the the person behind the Magic Powder series, Mr. Jeff Schiller. Did I say that right, Schiller? You said it correctly. Yes. Welcome, Jeff. Mr. Jeff. His name Welcome. is Jeff. Just for all those people that know what I'm talking about, hey, Jeff. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, I I don't look like Channing Tatum, but you know it's cool to be referenced with that. He uh, could be. He could be. Well, <laughs> with, a fo- oh, have- with a voice like that, you might be. You never That's know. That's the beauty of radio <laughs> that you don't uh, don't have to look good. Yeah, we do have um, similar haircut, I guess. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'll take anything, anything. <laughs> I didn't get to be in so, any Tarantino movies yet, but we'll see right. what happens. Yet, yet. When, yeah, yet. when you listen to this podcast, you dial the man in. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, next, so next movie we'll coming out, whole... Kill Bob. Kill Bob. <laughs> so we'll get to the whole point of uh, Jeff being on, on here in our main segment. But first, I believe we're going to do an icebreaker of a feature. What feature the are we going to do this week, Sonic? I don't know. Do you want to do the one you were talking about first or do you want to do the one that I was going to make up on the spot first? Uh, I think we should do the makeup one because I think the one I said would be a good one to finish on. All right, that means we're going straight into million dollar idea. I bet that peaked. Do the music. Uh, All right, this is Million Dollar Idea. Now, I don't know if you've listened to the show or not, Jeff, but it sounds like I haven't read one of your comic books, so I'd excuse you if you hadn't. Uh, million, I think we're even on that. There you go. Million Dollar Idea is, is where me in general and yourself try and come up with an idea that uh, would make us a million dollars. Now, you don't have to – it doesn't have to be a practical idea. It just has to be an idea that potentially you could create uh, and that everybody would want to buy. Uh, we had a particular guest on once who, who maybe – Took it a little bit too literally and created a financial portfolio. Don't have to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, this one is just an idea. So uh, that being said, you're not supposed to have planned this. This is supposed to be a total guess and a and an ad hoc saying. So with that being said, we'll let General go first because he's so terrible at it and I want to win. All right, you're up, General. <laughs> I'm terrible at it, but I'm still the winner. I'm still the reigning champion. Okay, so... My million dollar idea is tiny little drones, like in uh, Batteries Not Included, the movie, that basically live in the bathroom and they do your hair and they brush your teeth um, and then they take a selfie for you and they just float up off the sink and they hover in front of you and they take these photos after they've tidied up how you look. Okay, okay. So we're talking... like a Cinderella sort of thing, like the birds? Yeah, but with robots, totally, totally not a ripped off idea. There's robots <laughs> yeah. involved. Jeff, that's just Jeff, that's there's an robots original. involved. That was that's an original an... thought. There was no Disney involved. There's I an original all idea. Disney ripoffs anyway. So that's cool. an original <laughs> idea if I've ever heard one. General, I've never seen somebody's hair get caught in a drone's thing as they were trying to do it, or you know, scissors and combs getting all tangled. That's never happened in any sort of pop culture, has it? No, okay. I think I think I got a million dollar idea that just shoots oh. off for this one. 
All right, let's oh, go. Oh, all right, yeah. Jeff, bring it. So it's America's funniest home drone videos. And it's just <laughs> in their scalp ripped off by this guy's <laughs> robots. And, uh, you know, I think people would love to watch that kind of pain, you know. It's, it's but actually, Dr. Eggman. Idea. He's Dr. Eggman. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, just robotic And I would even train the animals to fly the robots just like Dr. Robotnik or Eggman. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Where are we going? But no, well, I would Sonic, say if gotta, I had gotta... to come up with a non a non uh, general Sonic one, I would say mine would be uh, a show basically that's all crossovers. Like it's literally just all people from other shows. So like say you did it on NBC, you have all the characters. Like so one character from Thirty Rock, like Judah, shows up. Then you have you know Newman from Seinfeld hanging out. Then they're at a bar that's like Cheers, but it's not Cheers. But one of the guys from Cheers, that you know what I mean? It's literally just all yep. nostalgia it's this, all the time. It's the sitcom universe crossover. Okay. Totally. Pretty sure that's yeah. going to happen on Paramount <laughs> at some point. Paramount's going to do that at some point. I'm pretty sure. Just let me let me write it. That's all I'm saying. Yep. But yeah. Can we go? <laughs> I think that's just an easy layup. All right. My million dollar you? idea is mm-hmm. actually, and this is, I, I like this one, and I've only just come up with it. So shh. Oh. Secret. On that list. Right? Mm-hmm. This is on the list yeah. of things I'm going to do. Um, it's a crystal ball that actually works because it projects a hologram inside of the ball from the center Ooh. of the ball. So the ball oh. you can pick up and you can see and then a hologram, a 3D hologram projects inside the ball and you can use this to communicate like your mobile phone device, but it's only made it. It's okay. made out of like a poly, so it's super light. And you hold it wow. in your hand and you talk to the person in the crystal ball as you walk around on the street. Oh, and it's super okay. cool. Uh, and everybody's going to want one. And it, Bluetooth I just project Pokemon in there, to be honest. I just have little Pokemon inside it <laughs> all the time. Like but yeah. You can even yeah. have avatars for your favorite uh, characters. They could be your friends. That's what they look like. Wow. Careful, Apple might this, steal this that idea. Would, this actually would work in Magic Powder almost, just walking around with crystal yeah. balls, talking to each other. That's ah, hilarious. Yep. But like a real yeah, one, do. not a magic one. This is not a magic crystal yeah, ball. This is, this, is just, this is basically just a telephone that's like an yeah, That's a ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but it magnifies the image. Oh, I'm, I'm, already, I'm actually ready to buy. Take my money, company. Who wants to sell this? want to buy it. <laughs> Give me the million dollars and then take the money. All right, yeah, so definitely. what do we got? We've got Generals Drones who mess your hair up. We've got Jeff's. Oh, what what did Jeff go for again? I can't remember. He had the drone one first and then he had and then the sitcom. The sitcom. sitcom the the cameo, sitcom. cameo sitcom extravaganza. Or <laughs> yep. the crystal ball mobile projection device that people use okay. as their everyday communication device. Okay, we're going to let uh, Marshall Pro Music choose who's the winner of this week's million-dollar idea. And here he is, Marshall Pro Music. Let us know what you think. Welcome to Million Dollar Idea. Who is this week's winner? Is it idea number one? Every young girl's TikTok dream. A Disney drone for that Cinderella moment. Hair, makeup, and a selfie. But be careful not to become tangled. Batteries not included. Or is it number two? The show that everybody wants to see. 
so they don't have to watch all the others. A Sesame Street of who's who in TV stardom. Take a trip to the bar with Norm and the Winchesters or hitch a ride in Al Pacino's cab to the market and see if Pat Butcher does kiss JR. Welcome to Jeff Plus. Or number three, the new Facebook Crystal Portal. Become David Bowie from Labyrinth in real life. Talk to other psychics online and experience what it's like to be a juggler that has lost all but one ball. The choice is this. Jeff, Jeff Plus. Plus. As for sponsors, Marshall Pro Music's probably the best one we could have, don't you think? We really lucked out with him. Oh, we did. We very much lucked out. <laughs> lucked out. Locked out. Locked out. Uh, locked out. Tongue tied. Lucky locked. Yep. The locks of locked luck. in. Locked out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 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 for, for Jeff's purposes, uh, our sponsor, the uh, invisible third member of our team, he um, he does all the production and uh, all the audio and the um, enhancements of the podcast. So um, we're very very lucky to have a sponsor who does that, which is great. Yeah, it can't be said enough how much work that really is. So it always helps. To yeah. Yeah, so I think, um, I mean, we, we're doing a good advertisement for him right now. This is one for him. Yeah. But I can tell you that uh, without him, our podcast would be very garage. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that it wouldn't be as professional as it is without Marshall Pro Music. And I think his prices are really amazing. So get in there. Luckily enough, uh, we're going to move on to our feature now. And this is this is actually very much a general uh, feature this week. It is. We're going to be talking about uh, two two things. Number one is crowdfunding, which I'm really interested in. I love the idea of crowdfunding and how it works, and you know the funny stories that have come from some sort of crowdfunding situations. And we can have a quick chat about that. And also uh, a practical application which our special guest is using to fund his new works. Um, artistic works which look uh, really interesting. I'm not myself a comic book reader. I follow comic book characters in movies and books and things like this, but not uh, specifically comic books, which is very interesting. And I know that a lot of people are into comic books and they love them and they think they're amazing and they know all the lore and they go and they have arguments about I've seen the Big Bang Theory, so <laughs> I know all about it. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um, okay. But I have never actually been. I've, well, I've I've been into one comic book store, uh, but I went in to buy figurines because I like figurines. I've got a whole bunch of figurines around my desk. I've got video game memorabilia. I've got R two D two who sits and watches Star Wars with you. I've got like, <laughs> it's pop vinyls are a really popular thing to have, and I've got a few of those. Um, I've even got some really really limited edition stuff that didn't go into the mainstream uh, collectible. So I'm not above the situation. I just, it's just something that doesn't exist in my needs and wants is to have some comic books. I do have a Sonic the Hedgehog number one comic book. Okay. Which I was given okay. in a mystery box at um, uh, PAX in Australia. Oh, of PAX course. I remember Melbourne. that. Yeah. I remember you getting that. 
So I don't, I don't, I'm not devoid of comic book knowledge, but definitely it's not something that I'm super into. That, on the other hand, wow. is the complete opposite for general. I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> tell us general all about your any... comic book uh, fascination, general. Sure. Okay. Well, when people say comic books, they always instantly, or in most cases, instantly go straight into like the Superman, the Batman, the Spider Man, the DC and Marvel mainstream, uh, what's popular in the films, and so on. And, and those, although very good, and, and I do have a, a large collection of both of those. Um, they aren't everything when it comes to comic books. And in fact, you'll find a lot more better things uh, in the indies markets. Um, there's also other rival companies like Boom and Image. Um, some of these companies are responsible for household names like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Invincible, the TV series that was on Prime, um, the animated series. There's a whole bunch. Um, if you like the series The Boys, for example, or The Umbrella Academy, they also have deep-seated roots in the old comic book world. Um, but I do love a Kickstarter, but I do love a Kickstarter with passion. And uh, this is how this podcast came around because uh, I fo I've done a, I followed a Kickstarter and sponsored a Kickstarter previously, and then they retweeted this lovely gentleman that we've got on this show, and I saw the artwork, and I got interest, interested straight away, and I went, yep, right, getting that. Got him in my hand right here with the stickers and the bookmarkers and everything else uh all all here <laughs> i've read through them um thoroughly enjoyed them have loads of questions but of course we do have questions about all the aspects of this so um i've got lots of questions around the comic and around the story idea and the writing etc and we've also got the the queries about the kickstarters and how they've done because you haven't just kickstarted one kickstarter with your comics you're now on your fifth Kickstarter, uh, which is yeah. the, co the, cons the consolidation of these little stories. But do you want to give us a little, um, your, in your own words, uh, a little breakdown of what this particular story, Magic Powder, is about? Yeah, Magic Powder, I like to pitch it as basically Dungeons and Dragons meets Breaking Bad. So it's a bit of fantasy meets, you know, crime stories, high, high concepts, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> There's no humans. It's all elves, dwarves. Uh, eventually, there'll be dragons. There's orcs. There's goblins. There's no human beings at all in the actual character makeup or of the world. Um, so I like to, you know, just be totally unlike anything else out there. As far as like comparing it to other comic books, I think it's somewhat like a Sin City meets maybe like the new Magic: The Gathering series, something like that. Mm -hmm. But really, there's not there's nothing really. I don't think you know if you ever played the um, old TTRPG, uh, the old. Uh, shadow run it was called which is basically mm -hmm. like a, a cyberpunk fantasy it's sort of influenced by that but there's not really any cyberpunk involved so it's like you know high concept fantasy in a modern world it's funny so, you mentioned quentin tarantino earlier and um when i was reading through i could definitely see the quentin tarantino-esque vibes but instead of with humans you had orcs <laughs> it was great oh yeah yeah tarantino you know guy ritchie uh, robert rodriguez who also did Sin City, the movie, um, you know, all those kind of guys. But yeah, you know, obviously Scorsese, um, you know, the show Gamora. I don't know if you guys ever watched Gamora out of Italy, uh, Sopranos, uh, you know, The Wire. It's just like basically all crime stuff. Like I've just been consuming it forever. The Godfather, like it's just like my favorite genre. So now this is basically my love letter, I guess you could say, to that genre. Like trying to make my own playground that's unlike Earth so I can come up with my own stories because I feel like 
all those stories have basically been done on Earth, so I got to do something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the comic book sounds pretty uh, pretty interesting for those of you that are interested in this particular um, person's comic. What do we say? What what's the art form? What do we say? The it's like it's not a poem. It's a digital art comic book. What are, what's the right terminology here? Um, well, so I guess, a, you know, just a comic book. Yeah, comic it's book, just a printed yeah. comic book. Yeah, it's available. Yeah, I didn't want to offend anybody. You know, I do that a lot. No, no. no. I mean, you could say graphic novel because this uh, volume novel. one will be a trade paperback, graphic novel, whatever. But, yeah, it's a comic, you know what I mean? It's just a comic. Right, okay, cool. Indie comic, you know. So for those of you that are interested in uh, having a look at this comic, um, there is a thing set up on Kickstarter for uh, funding and also depending on where you are in the world, you may be able to pick it up right away. Is that correct? Am I am I understanding what we're saying properly? Uh, yeah, it's uh, worldwide shipping this time. This is the first time I've offered that. Obviously, uh, I had to do a couple um special gifts for people that uh reached out to me like simon for instance uh the general himself um but yeah overall you know so this is the first time really anybody though that's anywhere in the world like someone from singapore got in on this one so far we got a lot of people we got some australians we got uh obviously from the uk canada so everybody's trying to get in so yeah this is the first time where you can get magic powder worldwide so yeah that's that's the big reason i'm doing this uh consolidated issue so it's easier to ship and so anyone who hasn't gotten a chance to get their physical copy can now. Okay, we go cool. Further, you know? yeah. So you, I know you had a, a crowdfunding campaign. Um, is that still going or is that over? What's the deal with that? Yeah, right now we are doing volume one. Uh, we have 25 days left. So I think it ends on March 1st, maybe March 2nd. But yeah, so we got 25 days left. We funded, uh, the goal was 12,000 or 1,200 we reached that in like 11 hours or so. So we, we are 100% funded. So anybody that gets in will be getting their comics. And like uh, General said, this is my fifth Kickstarter. So all other four Kickstarters have been completely fulfilled. I've never heard any complaints. And, you know, if you're worried about that kind of thing with other creators, you don't got to worry about that with us. So yeah, okay. Why, so you know, I find it interesting um, with Kickstarters and crowdfunding in general. So that, let's just talk a little bit about that for a minute i think mm-hmm. i guess my perception of of crowdfunding for kickstarter specifically was that you were starting a new idea and you were sort of selling that idea um before it was made and then you would get all the money and then you would make the thing and then send it off um is that the kind of model that you're using or using slightly because you said you'd this is like your fifth Kickstarter. Are you doing a mm-hmm. different set each time, or is it the same set, um, but you you know do it in batches? How how are you using the platform? So basically, um, I use it to fund the printing. So like each issue, I'll fund the art and everything like that. I'll find the artist. I'll find the cover artist. You know, my sister, who's the second Schiller on the covers, um, she does all the graphic designs and stuff like that. So I don't have to find a you know someone for that. She's already a part of the team. But uh, so, yeah, basically what I'll do is like, you know, I'll pay everybody do all that, put the book together. So the digital copy will be already ready. And then I'll do a Kickstarter to fund uh, physical copies if people want them. So it's basically like almost like a pre-order campaign. And so, you know, the art's already done, everything like that. So they know I can just send it to the shippers the second I get the money. So instead of doing like a pre-order campaign on, say, my website, which is getmagicpowder.com, where I'll probably only get like, say, 
you know, 20 something pre-orders, you know what I'm saying? I do a campaign on Kickstarter and I end up getting somewhere between 100 and 300, you know what I mean? Yeah, that it's I mean it's a really great way to use that kind of platform and probably uh one of the the better ways I've heard cuz you know we all heard those um the fear people have of of not getting whatever it is on Kickstarter it comes from the big, early days of Kickstarter where people would try and crowdfund just crazy ideas for very you know very high amounts of money mm. and you know there's just no chance it's ever going to happen. They, they, almost impossible ideas. We had, I think there was a, a gills uh, mouthpiece that you could use. You put it in your mouth and you just go underwater <laughs> and it would convert, take the oxygen out of the water on the fly as you as you swam around underwater. And it was like this massive hoo-ha and everyone was like, wow, I've got to get one of those. That's amazing. And they all signed up. And, of course, it's not even possible to do that. <laughs> it doesn't sound possible. <laughs> But you know, because it was the you know, the early days. Obviously, if you were saying you could do it, you know, there was a lot of credence in what people said. There was a lot of um, you know power because early days of the internet, you could pretty much say anything. Like the and it, and it was yeah, it was true because why would you say it otherwise? There was no reason. There was no such thing as trolling. There was no you know, it just didn't exist yet. And it did yeah, exist, but you were still the first the first person to experience it. So, of course, you believed it. Of course, you uh, thought that people that were advertising had to tell the truth because in general advertising, there's laws, right? There's laws about what you can and can't say on your advertisement. You can't say it's going to solve the world's problems because then you have to actually solve the world's problems um, or pay yeah. the difference. So... Internet advertising really got a lot of people over the years because there's no regulatory body for internet advertising, especially on Facebook and things like that, where you can just put an advertisement up for something that's not even real, take money from people using the same platform and then never deliver a product and just disappear. And Facebook goes, oh, we don't know what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's not our fault. It's like, uh, isn't it? What was? There's even a lot of that to this day. Like Kickstarter... You know, that was the, you know, beginning, the pioneering days. But, like, you know, I'll see creators now, like, you know, new creators, even some old creators, and they'll, you know, take too much money for something they didn't actually plan right. And somehow that product never gets made. And you see them on Twitter or whatever, you know, saying sorry to everybody. And, you know, they just ruined their whole reputation. So it's like, you know, even though it's proven that everybody can fund and make comic books, there's still people that take that money and don't know how to handle it and ruin it. And, you know. So you're like, yeah, that, you still got to be careful. And, it, and those people ruin the reputation of people like me and other creators. So, yeah. you know, I get it. It's out there. So, you know, that that questioning. That's why there's people who don't back the Kickstarter and they'll go to the website and get the comic book when it's already there, you know. Yeah, the, the, I'm, I'm definitely almost a post buyer. I've never actually participated in any type of crowdfunding myself, although I do like the idea. I, um, I, I, I do know a little bit about... Uh, the crowdfunding scene, though not not that I've used it, but somebody did a Kickstarter for me once. Uh, mm-hmm. My daughter has um, was given a medical diagnosis that was what's the best way to put it, General? Unfavorable. Um, it was yeah, not pleasant. <laughs> yeah, not pleasant, definitely. Um, and you know, she ended up with a brain tumor, and it was a bad time. It was back 
kind of when streaming stopped for me because I decided to refocus my efforts on uh, making sure that my family was okay. Uh, but I was still streaming a little bit. And as I uh, went through this, I know my, my uh, I, I call them friends. I don't know if I had fans. Mm-hmm. I definitely had friends um, put together a, some sort of crowdfunding Mm-hmm. And then yep. uh, ended up giving me some money onto my page, um, which I'm very appreciative of actually. But it was fu- it was a funny time. My the situation I've seen this happen for a lot of people. Like there was a guy who needed a uh, a toaster mm-hmm. because he didn't have one, and so <laughs> they put a crowdfunding up for this toaster and told a little bit of a story about the guy. And he ended up getting two hundred and fifty thousand US for his toaster. <laughs> That's a good toaster, <laughs> right? Um, but then it turns out that the guy is not the nicest guy. You know, he's, of course, he, he's not like an upstanding citizen or anything like this. He was, uh, he took a lot of drugs and and did a lot of things that were unsociable and and destructive. And the reason why he didn't have a toaster was. Same reason why I didn't have a lot of things. things. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's one of those things where everybody has to be wary. But I think things like your particular one is a very good way of using a platform. And I think it's more noble to look at it from that perspective that you're sort of pre-ordering something that already exists rather than, you know, funding an idea of somebody because – it's not good enough to go to the bank with, but they, you know, they still want to try it. Um, That's a very dangerous way to spend your money. (laughs) Completely. And I think, you know, even early on, like, you know, anybody, and even to this day, anybody can do like, Oh, I'm going to make a cartoon. Give me a hundred thousand. Like that person's not going to make a cartoon. Like, I mean, unless (laughs) they've, you know, worked in that industry and they know all these people and all that kind of stuff. It's very rare. Like a lot of times, like now, I think, like you said, the main people that get funded are people who have proof of concept, people who have, Mm -hmm. you know, enough done, like even video games, like you better have a demo at least. Otherwise you're taking, you know, like you said, everybody's going to have to take a big risk putting money in this guy's hand. Yeah. yeah, Look, there's, there's also the, the notorious Kickstarters or crowdfunded people who, like to take pictures of themselves holding a sign of their product in multiple different countries. And that's all the photos on their Kickstarter. (laughs) So they just sort of travel around the world holding a sign of their name of the product. And then they put that on the Kickstarter. Like if you go to, you'll see heaps of these. You go onto the, onto these web pages and you look through it. This is kind of why I don't, participate because I'm not paying for someone's trip around the world. Do you know what I mean? They never make That's a point. Right, totally. Now there's um, uh, even an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry David's like making jokes and they're like, oh, we should crowdfund, you know, go into Italy. <laughs> and they're just like, you know, oh, I want to go pick up a Ferrari. It'd be nice if you guys gave me $200,000 so I can go buy it at the factory. But like, yeah, the whole thing was just hilarious. There are, uh, yeah, there are some really... You go, General. 
fun. I, I was going to say, I've, I've actually funded quite a lot of things on Kickstarter, but I do have uh, like a set of rules that I follow personally. Um, so generally, if you're nervous about following something on Kickstarter, um, it's normally best to try and target things that are either fully funded or very close to being funded anyway, because you've got more of a higher probability of, of them being successful. Um, you can check the profiles and you can see if they've done previous Kickstarters and whether they've been successful and you can see the feedback and the star ratings, etc on that um i tend to use kickstarter for board games and graphic novels generally is a, a general thing but there is the occasional thing that does catch my eye that's outside of those one of the board games um that i generally keep an eye out for on kickstarter that i absolutely love is just turned into a, a comic book series as well called zombie side um oh, nice. and it's a it's an absolutely beautiful board game um, and there's many iterations now and it's done several Kickstarters, but they've literally just released a new, uh, not to shy away from magic powder. Everyone go out and buy magic powder, um, but <laughs> a, a part of, you know, um, it, it is, it is interesting to see that this board game has generated enough interest that they've actually decided to bring it out in other, other forms. And I'm actually wondering at this rate, whether it's going to end up being either an animated or live action TV series on Netflix at some point, because there seems to be the new, intellectual property direction where you know instead of your batmans and your supermans and your and your you know standard stuff it does seem to be that they're trying to take things that are successful in other mediums uh like dungeons and dragons has got a film coming out this year for example um yeah. and it does seem that the geek shift has slightly moved across from comic book graphic novels superhero films to the other stuff that the geeks and the nerds love but it's just outside of that scope in in the fantasy realms and stuff like you know going back into into board games and and th obscure obscure things that um everyone who's a geek and nerd knows about but anyone who isn't has never heard of um <laughs> and, and that's where comic books were you know <laughs> yeah i find yeah, it really funny um it, it's all about media right so we're talking about popular people um, and who's popular now and what's going on and who's the cool person. So, and, and there has been this paradigm shift towards the more computer game, comic book, uh, person who does science uh, has become the cool person to, to know and, and the most more popularized, popular sized, I think is the correct word. Um, Thing and and I personally, I'm a bit of both. I was a professional BMX rider, did backflips and rode around the world, and did a bunch of cool things like that. I love video games. I've got a lightsaber that I got from Disneyland sitting right next to me. Uh, <laughs> I do media and and film, and I work in a scientific industry. So I, I'm a bit across the whole spread. But in actual fact, I think. Nerds and geeks are still a minority, but we have the world's biggest platform to advertise on. So the internet that everybody uses, whether nerd, geek, uh, popular person, jock, whatever you want to say, everybody uses it now for everything. So, and we know how to use it the best, right? <laughs> so the most popular would, platform in the say... world is owned by by the well the previously most unpopular in in, in social <laughs> uh and we now control the media so there you go maybe that's why we look like we're in massive numbers these days but it's actually i, I would perceive it reality is not as not as true as we think it is because if i walk down the street i don't see 
masses of pocket protectors and calculators and, you know, the old Revenge of the Nerd style people walking down the streets, just normal people generally when I go outside. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, and there, and there are those like super nerdy people that you might meet in the – in EB Games, we call it here, but it's GameStop in America. I don't know what you call it in – UK. It used to be. It used to be Electronics Boutique, which was EB Games as well. Yeah, that's that's, that's what yeah, EB same, stands for. Yeah, that's what we call it here. It's, yeah. game, it's just game now here, but yeah, it yeah, was yeah, actually yeah, game EB. stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah so yeah, you, you walk in off. there, you, you know, there's a real nerd in EB Games when you walk in, right? And I'm saying mm-hmm. this from a nerd's perspective, but no, I'm not this hard. You walk in, and there's a <laughs> wall of bo. You know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm wow. talking about. That's what wrestling events smell like when you go to. A yeah, right. Oh, that's very true. Very and true. you run into it. It's just like you just hit that wall of. Okay, you know, there's some grass outside. You should probably go and touch some. It's because um, they've been queuing for so long. That's what it is, Sonic. They just literally the, the queues weren't moving quick enough, and they were perspiring due to bad aircon in in the in the shop. That's what it was. Yeah, I will or, or at home them. in front of the. PlayStation. <laughs> the pandemic oh, lifestyle that everybody had to uh, partake in has kind of made everyone a little bit more like that than they were a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. I will say. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm... I will say this too: like the whole nerd thing. Like you know, you were talking stereotypical nerd. You know, obviously pocket protector. Right, 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 right. But I mean, try to find somebody out there who doesn't play video games or hasn't played a video game. You know what I mean? Like you know, nerd this, nerd that. Like I, I would say, you mm. know, whatever. People would call me a nerd. I do nerd things, whatever. But you know, I don't go out looking like a freaking nerd you know what i mean i'm not like i ain't point yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. like it's just like you know you say something to me i'm still gonna headbutt you but i'm still you know what I mean? it's still like i like it, cool things it's definitely come down to video games um have been accepted into popular culture that's for sure oh and yeah we've, we've been Especially, talking yeah, about my age video games mm. we've been talking about video games in the uh, discord chat around you know uh, specifically around women and how they're perceived as gamers or not perceived as gamers. And there's actually a percentage of women in the US um, that play video games. And it happens to be 48% to 52 male versus female. And we're not counting any of the other demographics at the moment. They're all wrapped into those two buckets, guys. So don't get upset at me. But yeah. um, that that sort of... 48 to 52% is a really interesting number because yeah. that means that we all play video games effectively, right? Yeah, like half the people that exist basically. Yeah, and 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 that even women and men and, and there is sort of like these ideas that video gaming is a man's thing, but there's so many types of video games out there that we, we kind of get a bit typist with them. We say, okay, well... Call of Duty, that's a real video game because you're shooting people. But, right. you know, the reality is that um, – oh, sorry. My dogs have decided to have a bark. I told you they'd gate crash. I did say the dogs <laughs> try and gate crash. Um, but, yeah, you, you've got this Call of Duty-esque style thing. Every time I say that, my dog barks. Uh, but, you know, can, Not uh, Candy Crush <laughs> – well, I, I don't like it either, but I'll sh- I like yeah, shooting people anymore. in video games. But Candy Crush is also a game. That's a, that's a right. video game. There's Completely. nothing about Candy Crush that isn't a video game. Right. Like, for instance, I play a game called Peggle, which is something like that. Yeah. Like a casual game. And I play the crap out of Peggle, but I also play, you know, Mortal Kombat or I play Elden Ring. I beat Elden Ring. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, 
there's no one way to play video games. There's no one kind. Like, there's dating sims, like you said, as far as, like, compared mm-hmm. to Modern Warfare or something. But, like, yeah, there's, I mean, that's the fun of it is the variety. It's like watching TV. There's a million kinds exactly of shows. Exactly right. There's a million yeah, kinds exactly of comics right. and books. Like, there shouldn't be one kind of anything like that, you know. Variety yeah. is the spice of life and all that. But, you know, mm-hmm. even that's why now, the Magic Powder, like, I feel like it's different than other comic books. Like, it's just something new. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we tie this all back in and say, okay, well... Um, you said Sin City, you said uh, yeah. The Godfather, you said The Sopranos, you said all of these things that I, I'm not personally into, to be honest, but my wife yeah. loves The Godfather. Um, yeah. She just watched it for the first time recently, actually. And oh, wow. She's Kinda watching great. two That's and bad, three. Yeah. I've never mm-hmm. watched it. I've never I seen watched it. them all last year. Recently. For the first time? No, no. I just, just for the I, So okay, I did this thing. I, I watched... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I watch series, like groups of films. I make sure I, I, I get through the trilogies and whatever, even if I hate them. But I love The Godfather 1, 2, and 3. It was great. I'll tell you one thing that does stand out in your uh, comic slash graphic novel, and I'm curious to see how you're going to adapt this into the graphic novel. Um, so obviously, uh, we haven't discussed how you write and we haven't discussed your artwork, but at the very back of every comic, there's an RIP page. Mm-hmm. That is so, so unique. It's, it's like the flip of what old 90s uh, Spider-Man and X-Men comics used to do, where they used to put at the very front the little reminder bios of who the characters yeah, are before you continue is. reading. Yeah. And what you've done is you've completely flipped it on its head. Um, and, and it really stands out. Um, and it was something that I just, I wanted to make sure, you know, if anyone is listening to this and is into um, sort of fantasy style storylines meets your Godfather-esque storylines, um, th- it is definitely something that stands out, as does the colouring. And I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about um, the choices in the colouring, because there seems to be... Um, a pattern in comics that I like at the moment that use very similar color palettes in the actual comics themselves. Um, mm-hmm. They're just very aesthetically pleasing. And um, one of my absolute favorite ones that have come out in the last few years uh, is a series called Homesick Pilots. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've heard of Homesick Pilots. Um, yep. They they are, I mean, it's a short run, three graphic novels, but it is absolutely beautifully colored and and drawn and it's a very similar color scheme um but i've noticed that in these comics uh the difference is that you've used um your artist i assume your uh, who uh who, who is your artist sorry it's uh, Daniel. uh, oh, it's Danielle. Mm-hmm. so Danielle's used um particular colors to set each page in in each, like each each scene to sort of emphasize them um mm-hmm. was that a creative decision from the writing was that her influence what was the um choices behind that because it's very mood setting i'll give you that yeah. definitely uh danielle's actually a guy actually i based that oh well, i apologize yeah no but yeah he's a he's based out of italy um so danielle yeah i mean when we first started working on it I wasn't sure that his coloring would, um, like, maybe we needed another colorist or something like that. But basically, no, it's all him, man. Like, you know, I, I write the scenes and stuff like that. I pick, you know, obviously the colors of maybe, you know, the actual characters and their outfits and stuff like that. But as far as mood setting and lighting and everything like that, I was even just talking about this on another podcast earlier. But no, that's all him. He's like my director of photography. You know what I mean? Like, he does... It is very cinematic. It is very cinematic. Yeah, you can oh, yeah, you can definitely see. 
it's it's it's, it's thought out because you were mentioning your influences when when you're going through this this is why i was talking about how they're finding uh, indie materials and board games to make tv shows and films at the moment because you've basically set up all the camera angles in 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 this right. uh in storyboarding for them like, you've done yeah. you've done the hard work all they have to do is bring it to life like it's um totally. you know, it, it is really good um so yeah I, I was i was very curious about that um and the the cover work is is uh, art form on its own um it stands out absolutely um i've got again i'm interested to see how this all translates into your graphic novel how you're going to compress them in um because there's certain uh i don't normally collect singles or uh, standalone right. comics etc i normally just go straight for the graphic novels but on this occasion it was just like i, I wanted to get this and, and i wanted to see it so it's going to be interesting picking up the graphic novel and comparing it against uh against the comics do you think it's going to change much in, in how you format it uh not not really at all actually i'm thinking it's just going to be almost like um you know you're going to get the new cover or whatever but once you open it you know you're basically going to start at issue one you're going to see issue one's cover you're going to get the whole issue almost you know like i might change a couple of non-story things, stuff like that. But like you said, you're still going to see the RIP page. Then you're going to change mm -hmm. to the next issue and you'll see the next cover okay. and stuff. So yeah, because the RIP page, like you said, that's a real, you yeah, know, that's kind of like our, you know, signature. So yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it very much. So I, yeah. I'm glad you like it. And the way that you just presented it too, that it's like a flip of the old, like, you know, character yeah. uh, summaries and stuff. Like I didn't even really think of it like that, but it's so true. And like a lot of people have appreciated it. And so like, you know, this upcoming issue, there's no like uh, speaking characters that die or anything, but there is like a like a, like a kind of like in the background thing. And you'll see that person pop up <laughs> in the RFP section. Nice. So it's not nice. going to be a blank one yet. Yeah. So I want to take you back to before you did the first Kickstarter with this and when you started writing for anyone who's listening, who's interested. So I've, I'm, I'm a have a go hero. I'll try everything. I've, I've got so many stories. I've got a kid's book that's being made because I'm actually paying someone to do the artwork for that. And eventually that'll get done, but it's a very slow project, but I've got loads of stories, loads of poems, loads of like, I've got loads of ideas that I've always wanted to like make into something. And, and so I'm investing my time into this one particular project and I may take it to Kickstarter at some point um we'll see how it goes i'll share it with you privately after um so you can have a look at the stuff that i've got going on there but yeah um it. it's not about me it's about you i want to know your journey <laughs> so how did you get into writing for a comic book and 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 what was what was the story that led you into the magic powder journey and any other projects that you you've done before or co-working on at the moment um, so originally, I, you know, I always wanted to just write screenplays, stuff like that. So I, I, you know, I've been writing screenplays since high school, maybe even middle school. Um, you know, and then, you know, there was, I never really seen any way breaking in or anything like that in the film industry. I live in Las Vegas and it's, you know, mm -hmm. not exactly the most popping place. It was a little popping for a little while when Ocean's Eleven and like Rush Hour 2 and stuff. There was a little Vegas thing going on, but mm -hmm. everything kind of moved to Atlanta and Toronto and obviously there's stuff in Hollywood and stuff still. But um, yeah, I don't know. So I, there was never any kind of in. I never knew anybody in the film industry or anything like that. So uh, eventually I tried to just self-publish some screenplays like as a joke, like, oh, you know, read my screenplays in a book form. And I was like, you know, nobody really kind of wants to read that. And then it's like, you know, I was working on some short stories, things like that. But I just, everyone I know and like personally, like I don't know anybody who really reads novels or anything. Like I know I do. I mean, my sister does, mm -hmm. obviously. Like it's, it's not nobody. Let's not get crazy here, but like totally like, cool know, people yeah. read novels, all right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of the opposite of like how it used to be now. But like, yeah, like it's like almost like rare to find. So basically, what happened was, I all my friends and stuff they would buy my books or whatever, but they wouldn't read them. 
And so I was like, how do I get these dummies to actually read what I'm writing? And I was like, well, I guess if I put a bunch of pictures on it, they'll at least look at the pictures. Sold. I'm sold. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what it was. Wait, 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 wait. So what we're saying is, <laughs> yep. and I don't want to take this out of context. No, I'm saying exactly what you're going to say. You right know what now. I'm yeah. saying, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Basically that's saying exactly comic saying. books are dumb novels. Yeah. Is that what we're saying? I'm saying like, people are too dumb it works to read, for me. but they will look <laughs> yeah. at pictures. That's what I'm saying. I agree. It's not the books that are dumb. It's the people that are dumb. Right, right. So, so I'm just your format for them to consume. Like today, would rather consume a movie or a TV show because it's so easy. Yeah, yeah. Instead of reading, you know, because reading you have to actually turn a page yourself. Oh my god! But like, so with the pictures, at least it's a little easier for them to consume. It's not so much that Mm. the comic book is the problem because I mean I love you know all the art and everything. It's beautiful. It's it's the own thing. But the readers themselves wouldn't read that story if it wasn't a bunch of pictures, you know. And that's why they put the pictures. That's why that's why I pay an artist. Right. I mean, I love, yeah. I love, um, I love pictures for the storytelling that they do, and, and as they do say, a picture tells a thousand words, right? Completely. Um, I, I'm a very strong novelist for specific types. I do like a uh, particular author, Terry Pratchett, who has written okay. many novels. I mean, more than most people have read in their lifetime. And he recently passed away, unfortunately. Uh, Condolences Mm -hmm. to his family who are continuing his writing Mm -hmm. as well, which I'm enjoying as I'm enjoying the new age of the follow-on from his satire-style comic fantasy to moving into a more scientific-based sci-fi world. Which is, you know, both of those things I love, fantastic, and and I've, I've lived my life in many universes through that avenue, as we all do through these mediums, and why we choose to consume this type of content. Right. But just like for some people, um, like people who enjoy things like The Godfather and and Sopranos and those kinds of TV shows that we've been talking about, the idea of of anything other than the universe that we live in is almost offensive. And I, right. and I wonder how you transcend between that kind of um, human Guardians. tendency yeah, uh, with the Godfather and Sopranos into the fantasy orcs and dwarfs and, and all that kind of thing. Uh, how do you link the two so that potentially somebody who is a um, true to true life kind of story but they don't necessarily have to be true stories but they have to be seated in the universe that they understand and right. and transition them into a fantasy setting using those same methods what's the what's the go do you have an answer for that you don't have to i think i think there's two answers to that i think first of all it comes through in the dialogue it feels very true to life it feels like you know something they would have heard on one of those shows type of thing and then number two i think it's uh, you know involving um familiar things in the actual pictures and stuff like the very very first picture you see on issue one is a guy skateboarding you know and so you see this goblin just skateboarding and so you know like Mm -hmm. okay what's going on here you know what i mean so someone who likes skateboarding (laughs) is already just gonna be like what do you what is this guy and you know is that like a is that like a Mm -hmm. thing for the for the idea of the novel is that although you don't have humans, you're just sort of anthropomorphizing, morphizing. Totally. Oh, that was very close. Uh, all of these other 
characters. Like, so they they're just humans, but yeah, they're just look like an orc. Totally. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You know what I mean? It's like that. But the thing is that makes it more fun for me, anyway. Is like I get to con- you know control the whole history of the existence of these things. So like how they became this, or how they look like this, or where they're you know. You know I mean, it's like you know absolute nonsense, but it's just my fantasy answers to these things. And if I was doing one, it with just regular humans, it wouldn't be as fun, you know. One great so, thing that sort of comes out of that though is the fact that they are very human esque in in their forms and stuff. But then when they do something superhuman, something you know, extra strength, etc., it's easier to buy into that action without thinking, exactly. oh, that's a, a mutant, or you know, that he's got special powers. You just go, oh, it's an orc, it's strong. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you know, Sylvester so Stallone's just knocking everybody out, like one hit, you know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. But here, it's, you know, it, it's almost like watching Lost when you can suspend your disbelief because it's on like a, you know, science fiction island. So anything that happens is like, well, yeah. it's magic. There's a know? very similar. <laughs> I, I remember uh, there was a uh, movie I was very excited to see on, I believe it was Netflix. Um, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and 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 it had our favorite character in the whole world will smith in it who everybody oh, loves geez. to do a slap meme about at the moment um and, and i never I mean, tweeted about that at all i made sure to stay out of it completely yep oh you we we don't get crazy here, uh, it leaves fresh prince yeah i was always down with the fresh prince yeah. as a little kid but yeah, i, I, I prefer my baby jesus i prefer my jesus as the baby jesus too but um <laughs> I, look I, i'll go crazy over a woman every now and then to be honest because yeah, sometimes oh, you just feel like that's the most important thing in the world and you should do certain things. So we'll leave it at that for the controversy of, of the slap. But as I watch Will Smith's uh, movies and and shorts, and he's done some very powerful movies to the time. We can't forget those things because somebody goes a little bit crazy one time. And um, Bright is the movie I'm talking about. And we've yeah. seen – we've all yeah. seen the – the orc and human police officers trying yeah. to police something that's a bit more out, like outside of the control of a taser or talking to the, these people are magic. They can literally turn you into a pumpkin or whatever. Um, <laughs> and they and they go through this sort of almost men in blackish, more serious style uh, movie scene where there's all these emotions involved and all that sort of stuff. So I can kind of. If if we're trying to relate to people, would that be a good comparison to what you're trying to achieve through your books? Um, I never watched Bright. Um, I because like you said, I don't know. I'm not big you on should. Max Landis. I'm not a big, uh, <laughs> but I seen you know I seen the previews because I had Netflix at the time and everything, and um, it just reminded me of Shadowrun in a lot of ways, but from a mm. police officer's point of view. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, there's I I don't know. You know what they were going for and what I'm going for, I think is a lot different, honestly. I think yeah. what they're going for is more of like humanizing uh, these characters. And what I'm trying to do is more so showing that you have to be inhuman to be a character like this almost, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, there's nothing human about it almost. It's um, you're a monster. You know what I mean? Like that's the right. one thing I feel We've like is mentioned- the problem. There's a minotaur in this, and he's a badass. Oh, totally. 100%. 100%. He makes Dwayne the Rock Johnson look small. Yeah, that's what he does. <laughs> So that's my way of not glorifying. We should get the rock on. Oh man, we could, we, we yeah. could do a rock versus minotaur 
conversation. Who's going to do the voice of the Minotaur, though? It's not going to be general. He sounds too much like a Welsh no, person. I'm too general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I could pick anyone to do that voice, I don't know, like Jean Renault. I don't know. Somebody crazy. Right. It's got to okay. be like a, yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> what, about, like, like what about like a typical pop culture Arnie sort of voice? That would be... Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's suit. I don't think it's suit. Right. Well, I don't know anything no. about them. Keep in mind, I haven't seen. Yeah. Yep, know anything enough. about these comic books? I'm. I'm finding out everything no, as we no. as we talk together. But I do think it's. It's. It's always my job in life to be the translator between, uh, yeah. two cultures or two ideas or two types of of people, and I do like that. There's some relatability there for. Well, people like my wife who potentially, you know, likes that kind of story. But as you say, you're kind of getting our movie theater monsters and assigning actual monsters to play those parts is mm. is a very interesting idea. And I think it's one worth exploring and having a look into. So there you go, guys, if you're interested in uh, having a listen to this. We're going to have some links in the description, which I'll get General to put in. And uh, also, uh, you're welcome to go to the website. What was the website again, Jeff? I know you plugged it in there earlier. What? <laughs> tell us again. Uh, getmagicpowder.com. Getmagicpowder.com. And speaking of .coms, yeah. there's another .com Ooh. that we need to talk about now, and that is marshallpromusic.com. He's our sponsor, and he's going to tell you all about how cool he is right now. Hello, it's Marsh, here again to tell you about one of the great ways you can help your business grow with the power of sound. If you own or run a business, then you will know advertising is crucial to its growth. And here at MarshallProMusic.com, we want to help you maximize that potential. At MarshallProMusic.com, we can create audio adverts for your company at a fraction of the price of most other studios. We can tailor your advert to suit all your specific needs and guarantee the best professional results recorded by recognized voice actors in the industry. If you want to take your business to the ears of millions of podcast listeners, then contact MarshallProMusic.com now to find out what we can do for you. MarshallProMusic.com, your one-stop shop for all things audio. That's possibly the smoothest I've ever done that, just so we know. That was a hell of a transition. Oh, it's so smooth. <laughs> smooth. Like butter. Like butter in my butt. What? Butter. <laughs> like butter. Oh, okay. ah. Well, now we... It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, Jeff. Yes. That no, was um, fun. Thank you, guys. And, and There's then, loads again, of questions still to go, but yeah, I'm not going to throw them out there. <laughs> I think General wants – I know two questions General wants to ask is, are you single? And uh, <laughs> if you aren't, are you into polygamy? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> no. It's quite clear but that I, General I did, uh, really enjoys your content, and yeah. that is something yeah. that – uh, no, people should listen to because general has good taste. Clearly. Now, what we do at the end of our podcast is we have a secondary segment, uh, which is wrapped around what, what we're doing this week. You came up with it, didn't you? Okay, so um, it's a play on the uh, the old adage of who'd win a, in a fight. 
Um, so mm -hmm. instead of like superhero beatdown or, or whatever, it's um, basically what we're going to do is uh, instead of going for like uh, anything Justice League or anything that's mainstream at the moment, um, we're all going to pick a magic power or a superpower or, you know, it's open ended. And each of us are going to pick one, and then the winner will be decided by the producer who's editing Marshall Music. Um, and what we'll do is we just basically we'll all say what, what our magic power is, but it's not to be like Superman or Batman or any of the mainstream ones. So I'll give you a little time to have a little think between the th <laughs> between the two of you. Um, and so basically, all we're going to do is pick a power each, and then the producer will pick who the winner of the battle would be if if those powers were real. Who's going to win? It's time! All right. I'll pick I've on got mine. first. I'm going yeah. first, am I? Yeah, there you go. Well volunteered. This, this is my, uh, this is my, I, I, I don't know what people are going to think of this one, but actually it's, I think it's, the best superpower ever. So I'm sorry you've already lost. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> okay. But okay. this is the it's the superpower from Highlander. I don't know if you know this. Oh, reckoning. Christopher Lambert. Yep. And effectively, it's not the one you think. It's not the one where you can't die unless you get your head oh. cut off. It's not that one. <laughs> okay. okay. I'll, I'll just have a sword. Yeah, go on. It's actually <laughs> yeah. the it's actually the one where you get um where you win, so that the superpower you get when you win the rec like the when you're the, the game, the almighty lightning strike when, and the fireworks yeah. going off. The superpower okay. you actually get is the ability to influence everybody in the world. That that's oh, actually what that one, the ultimate what the power. Yeah, the one where you can basically calm, excite change the the direction of the of the of the world and and help the the powers that be come to terms okay. with peace and and make the world Ooh. a better place to your to your liking that okay. is that is the superpower that i choose so good that's luck a powerful one to come that's a good, <laughs> good luck that's a, that's a big gun to come out with shooting yeah, you just do with the win this week aren't you Jeez. okay out, okay huh? do you want to go next jeff or do you want to go last uh, I'll go. Yeah. Um. So mine okay. would be basically the ability to make you itchy, like anywhere oh, shit. that I want, <laughs> and like uncontrollably. Like you're never gonna be able to stop it. It's just gonna get worse uh -huh. and worse. You know, to the point where you're like ripping your skin off. You know. Oh so, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Like, I'm actually scratching now. If you've got that power already, <laughs> you know what I'm already. saying? Like just mentioning <laughs> it is enough. Oh like you're like, oh, my shoulders kind of itchy. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what I'm going with. Try fighting that. <laughs> I heard a rumor that you're very itchy. No, you can't do that. That's, that's already been stolen by Umbrella Academy. No. Okay, no, yeah, okay, so we've got two powerful ones. So we got the power to influence people and control their stuff, and then we've got the power to make people super, super itchy. Um, <laughs> wow, okay, so I'm gonna go with, um, I'm gonna go with the ability to swap people's brains. Okay, so okay, I could swap your brain with someone else's brain just by looking at you. The man with so two brains. 
so you could be you could be walking down the street and thinking i'm going to influence your mood or you you could be walking down the street going i'm going to make make you itchy and i could actually swap your brains over and you're just going to influence the other per your own body and make your own body itch so there we yeah, go that's my yeah. plans swapping your brains Swapping the brain. So this is like Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. I'm going to Freaky Friday you up. There we go. (laughs) There's so many. There's actually like a list of movies where people body swap. swap. And and ironically, it's always man to woman, right? Because otherwise... That's true. Even in the horror film with Vince Vaughn, he he jumped into a... uh, Isn't the Freaky Friday Friday with Lohan and like Jamie Lee Curtis? Oh, that's right. It's mum and daughter, yeah, isn't it? that one is. Mum yeah. and daughter, yeah. yeah. But that's um, the only one yeah, that I, would be I can weird. even think of off the top of my head. That's a, yeah, that's that a couple of them. Super weird. Vice versa yeah. was one. They had, they had, there was a, there's a number of them. I think they went on. Does, a, does, does face off count as a body swap or is it just a face swap? I don't think they swap any <laughs> bodies here. Yeah, I always wondered that. I mean, they do have the exact same body type. bodies. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, every time it's like, oh wow, you you suddenly grown five inches taller. Yeah, that it's happens amazing. when you swap your face. Yeah, yeah, that's what face cutting <laughs> off does. Yeah. John yeah, John Travolta but... had a bit of weight on him in that movie too. So yeah, compared funny. to Cage, yeah, it's like uh, this doesn't really work, guys. But yeah, you have to have your stand-in or yeah. body double. Still one of the most the famous role. movies ever, though. So you know, totally, like, what totally. can we say? Good it was, job. Good it job. was garbage, but also very cool. Um, almost as bad as Broken John Arrow. Oh, Bro- Broken Arrow. <laughs> Howie Long. That's. I was trying to think of Howie Long movies the other day. That's what he's in. <laughs> I he's watched, like John Travolta's uh, henchman. And our champion of who is going to win is... Sonic. Do you know who is not a particularly good actor? Um, is hey, Pierce, Bro- Pierce Brosnan? Oh, sorry. But I really like Pierce Brosnan, but okay. he just has like a very mono uh, character he, style he, in all of his movies. Mind I was... In the Gentleman, he blew my mind. Or was that Hugh yeah. Grant? I don't think. No, that was Hugh Grant. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Pierce yeah, Brosnan. Right. Pierce Brosnan is like Doctor Fate. In the, He's very good as Doctor Fate. Yeah, he, he plays like a he plays a particular character very very well. Um, he did the same thing in Dante's Peak. He was pretty much the same guy. Oh, I forgot about Dante's Peak. Um, and Gold Eye and all those. Things. But no, I, and I, I like that the character. Worst bond. Yeah, it's not a bad character. I don't mind. Well, I don't mind. You get a disc Gold Eye now. Yeah, no, I like the game more than the actual movie. That's okay. <laughs> the movie was good. Yeah. It had uh, yeah. Missy Missy on a top on there. And uh, yeah. he was he, he was good in Mars Attacks. Well, he was all right, Mars Attacks. Yeah, but he played the same character, like exactly did, the same yeah. character. <laughs> it's if you could think, if you could put Pierce Brosnan's character into a movie, he would be very good at that character because that's the character he's been written in for. But if you tried to make him like, like a, doesn't he have like a new movie where he's like an action guy, like Liam Neeson type role? Like I, I haven't seen him, but I feel like he's like beating people up. Steven no, Seagal was a good was a good guy. I like Steven yeah, Seagal. If we're talking <laughs> about mono mono characters, Steven Seagal's character, fantastic. Oh. Under Siege. Come on. What about, Under Siege. What about Vinnie Jones out of England for general? 
I feel like Vinnie Jones is good at playing one good character. The one, the one thing about Vinnie Jones Will is Farrell, his acting Will has Farrell. got better over time, but yeah. Yeah. These people are extremely totally popular too. It goes to show you that you could be a one-trick pony and you still win. Oh, yeah. There's more money in being that, that typecast, I think. Yeah. Uh, except yeah. if you're Luke Skywalker, unfortunately. Okay. Going back to Nicolas Cage, the unbearable weight of uh, massive talent, you know. What a fantastic film, which was just basically him mocking himself for the entire film. Fantastic. Really good film. I like Nicolas Cage, but my wife really <laughs> hates Nicolas Cage. So... Um, there you go. I feel like Next. I never watch his new stuff, but I, I feel like he's had a renaissance kind of. Next was a good movie. I like Next. Yep. With his hair like all slicked back. <laughs> yeah, he does the uh, I can see two seconds into the future or whatever it is. I gotta watch it. I think that's I'm a good trying one. Trying to think of what the last the last Nick he's Cage great at the casino. Kickass. Yeah, there's a Kickass too, which I've never watched. Me neither. I was supposed to be in that film, but my friend is in that film. There you go. Does he get his ass yep. kicked? He does. By uh, Jim, he gets his ass kicked by Jim Carrey. Nice. Damn. Nice. Yeah. Doctor Eggman himself. Jim Carrey. Oh, and it, although most people would see Jim Carrey as typecast, he actually does some really, really good drama movies. And yeah, he does. one of his best. Serial. One of his best movies was was a movie called Man on the Moon, which nobody's oh, yeah. seen. But it here was it's big. Yeah. It's big here. So like massive. Yeah. yeah, mate, it was mm. the best movie I've ever seen, I think. And That's I'd say my that favorite Jim Carrey movie. Uh, honestly, so good. If you haven't yeah. seen Man on the Moon out there, podcast people, I know we have uh, up to 85 actual listeners now. Hello, everybody. Mm -hmm. Hey, Which is a room full of people, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, not a joke. You guys need to go and see or download or stream or whatever Man on the Moon because mm -hmm. it is it's a great film. It's a great film. And you know what? Mm -hmm. He plays Andy Kaufman, which is a sort of ad hoc comedian um, who sort of invented a lot of different types of comedy. And if you don't know who Andy Kaufman is, you probably have mm -hmm. seen some of his stuff in Taxi and and different shows from if you're if you're my age. If you're young, you probably haven't. If you're a wrestling fan, you've seen him. Right. <laughs> he he plays such a great Andy Kaufman. And it it's not Jim Carrey. It's it's it is Jim Carrey, like you see Jim Carrey, but it isn't. It's it's Andy Kaufman. And it's so good. And the drama in that is so good. And the feelings you feel when you watch that movie are just so good you have to see it to understand and i really challenge people to to take jim carrey in a different light when they see that movie the other one of jim carrey's which was also fantastic was the majestic i don't know if you've seen that oh i haven't seen that i thought you were going to say eternal sunshine that's a good one too majestic is probably a lot better majestic is about an amnesia situation mm -hmm. um where that's kind of a similar brain thing yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe General swapped his brain with someone else, uh, but he goes <laughs> he goes into uh, he he goes into a cinema called the Majestic and lives there for a little while while he's you know getting his memory back. Um, a, another fantastic Jim Carrey film. His Ace Ventura and uh, Dumb and you know Dumb and Dumber 
those movies really set the tone for for Jim Carrey's pop culture. But mm. the reality is, is that he is one hell of an actor and his facial contortion abilities are, are, are well above anybody else. He's not copying somebody and, and yeah, he, he is his own act. He is not, okay. you know, taking a style of comedy and using it. He is a style of comedy. He is this character. And I saw it. There's actually a lady who has a Jim Carrey face. I don't know, YouTube this. It's funny. And she <laughs> has the face of Jim Carrey. And she can do the mouth thing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. do the voice. And, and she's very good at it. But that's so unique that she can do that. Because it's, you know, there's plenty of people that people imitate all the time, like Donald Trump or all those kinds of people that have unique. But people can imitate it quite easily. Whereas Jim Carrey, you try and do those facial movements, good luck, is all I'm saying. (laughs) The the Green Goblin Mm -hmm. um, uh, face. But no, it's not the Green Goblin face. It's like that face, but it's actually the Grinch when Jim Carrey plays the Grinch, which happens to be my daughter's favorite movie. Um, That big smile that the Grinch does is his face. He actually does the the face, and he does. I mean, it's it's got a big. He's got um, skin on, like yeah, the fake green paint or whatever. But when he makes that large, weird, dipped smile, that's him doing that. And he actually was out in public with there was somebody there, and the kids came up to him, or whatever, and they and they said, "Oh, you're the Grinch," and he did the smile without any <laughs> makeup on, and the mum goes, "Oh my god, I thought that was computer graphics." <laughs> yeah, that's how good he is. Yeah, he, he can. Yeah, oh man, he. And and he's underrated because of the silliness. It's I, I don't like Will Ferrell, for instance. I. I don't mind Will Ferrell, but mm. I don't like things like Anchorman and you know these really popular ones that people really like. I, it's a bit too lowbrow for me, and I don't mind a bit of lowbrow, but it's it's pushing the limits of repetitive lowbrow for me, and I can't sit through it. But yeah, some I think of Will Ferrell stuff to is his whole career at this point. Yeah, he literally yeah. does that nearly every movie. It's just that it works in some movies, like Spirited. It works. Uh, which is the new Christmas movie with him and Ryan Reynolds. But Ryan Reynolds carries a lot of that in that movie because Ryan being that sort of Deadpool, you know, Mm -hmm. sarcastic character brings Will back into contrast. Like Will's the the total opposite of, of that. He's like the optimistic, joyous idiot and Ryan well, like Reynolds Elf. is the, yeah, he's like Elf. Will Farrell's best yeah. character is Elf, and yeah. and Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. And if you yeah. put those two together, <laughs> you get a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, art and theatre, books and and storytelling is one of the world's best things to enjoy. And please um, go and see. Uh, Magic Powders, Jeff's uh, website, and have a look if it's for you, and and if that's something you're interested in, get on the Kickstarter and buy yourself some printing and uh, all of those yeah. things that we're going to link in the in the chat. Uh, but I yep. really encourage everybody to expand your horizons. Go and have a look at something new, something that you may not understand, something that you'd like to 
uh, find out more about. And even if you don't like it, at least you've learnt something. Hey, that's that's no, my words of wisdom for the week. And the whole first issue is also free on the Kickstarter, so you can see free. Ooh, yeah, what a bargain! Right off the page. Yeah. Comes with a confidential report as well. That's all I'm saying. And I must admit, I haven't done that. So you guys get out there and do it for me because I have got too many <laughs> other books to read. <laughs> so I've got two questions before we end. One, how do you say the name of the city? Thez, like Luthez. Luthez, Thez. So it's set in Thez City. Um, and the second one is, is there anything else that you'd like to cover before we end the podcast? Uh, no, just thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, obviously the Kickstarter goes until the first day of March. And uh, getmagicpowder.com, you know, you always be able to catch up there. So, yeah, no worries. Fantastic. There you go. This has not been a paid advertisement for magicpowder.com. No, it hasn't. <laughs> so um, uh, before we go also, I'd like to mention that our sponsor, uh, marshallpromusic.com, has been helping us with all of our podcasts. And if you'd like to get yourself some of that sweet, sweet, sweet sound, please go and visit marshallpromusic.com. We haven't given him enough advertisement in this podcast, so I just wanted to chuck an extra one in there because he does uh, do a lot for us. And, guys, thanks for coming along, Jeff. Nice to meet you. General, thank you very much for organizing all the things for us. We will see you next week because at the moment I'm actually in – I'm in uh, Vietnam right now. There you go. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, And we will see you guys next week when I'm back in Australia to have our new podcast. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for coming. End the podcast. (laughs) 